the elephant in the pew. Elephant in the Pew podcast, where they engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. From the Elephant Portable Studio, here are your hosts, Stephen Whitten and Ryan Reggie. Which is exactly what uh, George Washington risked his entire life to get away from. Exactly. We're no longer a Christian nation. Or only just. Or just. Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew podcast, the show that brings you our opinions in a nicely tuned, well-oiled, chaotic sound clip to engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. I'm Stephen Witten. And I'm Ryan Ramsey. This episode is brought to you by ElephantPew.com, your one-stop shop or place to go. I need to say something different for all of the material. <laughs> one-stop shop. We, we don't sell anything yeah, yet. Uh, we that you need from Elephant in the Pew, including links to our individual podcasts and links to our podcast and blog. Yeah, and thank you so much for making us a part of your day, night, evening, morning, whenever you decided to listen to us today. We are so glad that you are um, making us a part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last week we had a great discussion, didn't we, Stephen? Yes, we did. We got about halfway through a discussion about uh, America. It was entitled um, America. Wait, no, it's called entitled Christian America. Christian America. Christian America. Christian America. It was a question mark. Yeah, a Christian America. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> um, so you got to see part one. So today we have a privilege. We are reaching back into time, and we're going to pull forward the rest of that conversation. For you to enjoy right now, so check it out. What is a Christian nation? What would it be in the ideal world? It feels like in 1948 we were moving towards something like that. However, it's interesting to me because I've made the argument around about the same time FDR and the, the New Deal happened, which uh, hamstringed the church, and we stopped being the church because we stopped taking care of the community and have our yeah. connection to the community. So it's interesting to me that as we became a Christian nation, we stopped being the church. And it's interesting, isn't it? How it all kind of flows together in a sense where like the church no longer has to do its duty because the government is a Christian entity. Yeah, it's like the the government church or something like that. Yeah, and which is exactly what uh, George Washington risked his entire life to get away from. Exactly. <laughs> we it was so when you boil it down, it just mind, mind blown. blown. You know when you boil it down, you know people will say, and and my grandpa would probably he would probably disown me if he heard me saying this. So he'll hear you. He's gonna listen. I'm gonna yeah. call him. And listen to it. <laughs> but um, I have I've made my my opinion on this is a lot of people say that FDR is one of the best presidents we've ever had, and I would disagree because the FDR. Made a lot of socialistic changes in mm. our in our country, and he was like a secret socialist. Yeah, um, which and the guy who apparently tried to change the Pledge of Allegiance was a Christian socialist. I don't. No, he created the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, okay, so he wrote it, and then people adopted certain versions. How of did it. Christian socialists survive in a time where they're fighting against communism? Didn't they realize that this was in eight? Well, he wrote it in eighteen eighties. Oh, okay. It was before <laughs> World War One and World War Two. I was gonna say, how did that happen? Because socialism, yeah. communism. But then the daughters of the revolution, or the daughter, 
the this daughters American of the American Revolution, Revolution mm-hmm. you know, um, they kind of built, built it up. And um, but what was I saying about how the government basically has become oh, the, the religious entity? And yeah. OK, so a lot of people would say that FDR was the best president. I would say I don't know about that because he helped form the Federal Reserve. He also helped form take away the gold standard. All the he, social programs. He built. He made the New Deal, which is anti-American. Welfare. Believe it or not, that's anti-American, um, because that was in in a in a sense um, taking from rich people to give to poor people. Right. I don't know if that's American, but we'll it. So. To sit there, yeah, and because we're not. That's you know, America. We are known for uh, being some of the best givers in the entire world, and so f- until then, you didn't have to take from the rich of the poor. The people who had shared with the people who didn't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's how we made it. As long as we made it, you know. Yeah, and then that's when you really saw more government power, more um, bigger, larger government happened after 1940, and now. We have people who are on welfare, and they go to the church of um, the United States government, and they go to get their welfare checks every week. And yep. they, they but then they also go to churches that have um, food banks and get food too. And there's just a it's a broken system, guys. Uh oh, Stephen just got discouraged. Sorry, I saw that look on his face. Anyways, but. Uh, that's good though. They do the food banks because it, oh, I'm not saying that that's the Christians. Ch- that's the church. That's what we're doing supposed what to do. They're supposed to do, but it's w- that we have the system and the government but think doing of, it as well. Think about how much more money that people would have for food banks if the government didn't take so much of their money in taxes. And if all that we didn't stuff. have to give almost thirty percent of our our income to ta- a tax of some form, mm-hmm. albeit you know, property tax, income tax. Sales tax. If we didn't have to ha- give almost thirty percent of our tax or our, our income to the Church of the United States, then imagine what we could do for the community as a whole. It's interesting to me just thinking about that because you know they always well they always teach. I guess some people teach that you're supposed to tithe on ten percent of your pre-taxed income. But I would say that most people, because I've also heard a large teaching of people say ten percent on what you bring home is also okay because you're take it from you. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're trying to do that. So I've heard both arguments. I don't care which one you think right now. I'll tell you the truth. So don't send me angry emails. All I care right now is that if they, people who tax or pay tithe on 10% after tax, um, think how much more they'd give the church if they weren't taking 30%. You know what I mean? Cause it increased. Well, giving. and if you think about it, if people actually tithe any amount, you know, right. you're more likely to give as bad as this sounds, you're more likely to give the more you have. Right. Right. So that whole idea of like 10%, let's just take 10%. Right. Well, you know, people who make $50,000 a year, right. they pay $10,000, uh, uh, $15,000 in taxes throughout the year through property tax and sales tax and income blah, blah, tax, blah, blah, blah. right? Well, then they take 10% off of that, of their take home. That's only $3,500 a year. Right. Well, let's take away all those taxes and, you know, uh, all the random taxes and actually bring it down to like a more reasonable 5 to 10% tax. Right. So now you're you're giving $4,000. Right. I mean, that's $500. That's not a lot. Multiply that by 300 million. It's a lot. <laughs> you know. S- yeah. So, so um 
it, as we uh, as we talk about this, and then the church, you know, kind of crippling us and that, and um, you know, as we have kind of talked a little bit about what I have called the Church of the United States of America, um, it's interesting to me as it's created its own little. It kind of hijacked Christianity a little bit, and then um, well, and now it's become, as Obama says, just the the. Real church, the ambiguous church of the United States of America. So we still, you still have to come worship to us, but you don't really have to have a specific religion or be right. tied to anything. We're just, we're just here to get you. We're no longer you know, a Christian nation, or only just, or just. So that it's just that's interesting to me that all that's tied together. You know, you can, I mean, you can sit. We can sit here and we can blame the government for doing this. Government. Right? Um, but I would tend to say that could it be, this is me just spitballing now, Spitball. but could it be that in the 30s and 40s when we, late 20s, early 30s, when we tried to legislate morals and it was our Christian, when, when the church actually got into government and were, you know, with the whole prohibition and mm-hmm. like they were wanting to legislate out certain sins that they were seeing in cultural. They were seeing that a lot of people were getting drunk and they were going into town and they were gambling and they were carousing, um, carousing and all this stuff. Being like Benjamin Franklin. And um, so the, these church leaders used their influence to go. <laughs> you said that so cynically. Yeah, I did. Sorry. Influence. Uh, to Shifty eyes. To um, With their reach to the politicians and the politicians thought, Maybe to, to the politicians looked at it and said, "I can get reelected if I do if I vote this way, yeah. right?" And so, I think it went in hand in hand that you know, um, my experience with older the older generations is they are very strict on their rules to the detriment of the whole. Ah, and so like maybe maybe the church went stepped over a little too much. And said, "Let's legis- let's start legislating morals," and then in that in that downfall, they allowed they gave the government too much power and allowed FDR to form this New Deal and then start Social Security and all this stuff. Mm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say it's the church's fault, but I'm not gonna say that it's only the government's fault. I think maybe. We allowed, and we, me, being Christians in the church, we allowed this to happen. Um, we may not be the full cause of it, but we did possibly encourage it. We didn't start the fire. It's been slowly burning since the world's been turning, or something like that. Turning. Turning. Whatever. Um, yeah, I I agree. I think we're kind of uh, touching on some issues that we've talked pretty strongly on in some other episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so. Uh, you know, I think it, it should cause us to ask the question, um, like, should we be pushing this whole we're no longer a Christian nation thing and we need to take it back and we need more Christians and we need to make sure there's a Christian president elected who shares my morals and, you know, we have to, he's going to be my, he's going to be our presidential pastor and, you know, I, we need to. He needs to have the same. The only way they're going to go to heaven is if they are a good president. That's right. Just like Trump said. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
you know, we should really be thinking about these things. And I hope that as people listen to this, um, that they understand that um, we're not necessarily harping on um, the church or the government or whatever. Um, I think there's probably always been agendas going on either side of it. Yeah, um, definitely. But as the people of the church, I, I assume we're talking to just the common people of the church. We need to realize when we're being used and when we're being abused and when we're being manipulated for things other than Christ. And, and you know, one of the things I think about to throw back to um, the founding fathers, back in the Revolutionary War, um, I can't remember the names, but the uh, Black Robe Brigade, I believe we talked about this on the show before, it's been a while ago though, um, and about how a lot of evangelicals and, and largely... Um, reformed people talk about, uh, well, the Black Robe Brigade. You know, they preached against the Britons and all this stuff, and you know, they were they were strong for the revolution and all that. And um, I can't think of his name right now. Dang it, um, Jonathan Edwards, I believe, um, is the person. He had a a friend, and his friend was um, the the guy who led up the Black Robe Brigade. And uh, there's some correspondence between the two, and and we all know Jonathan Edwards and the reformer of the time, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, he was famous for his preaching. And uh, so this guy, this Black Robe Brigade guy, was preaching against uh, the government, against the Britons, and how we need to send people to war and fight and fight, fight. And um, Jonathan Edwards sent him a letter that simply said, you need to preach Christ and not politics. And I think um, I think we're coming into that again. Um, yeah, it, I, that's, m- that's my main problem, like, I, as an American, of course, I am super proud of what these men in the Revolutionary War did to create a free country. Um, but when you look at Scripture, it definitely um, goes against, I would say, as I'm going to say this with trepidation. Trepidation. Um, but when you look at the Scripture, Jesus did say, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And the Revolutionary War started, in a sense, with an excise tax on tea. <laughs> uh, you start to think, and you noticed it in in the book. Like, if, if I definitely recommend um, reading 1776, um, because there were accounts from the British and the German soldiers when they get into. Boston, I think it was, or Boston or New York, and they realize, even in the 1700s, even in 1776, how much wealth and plenty Americans had, Yeah. right? Even when they were British colonies, like British soldiers were coming across, and they were going into these cities, and they were like, why would would a people rise up over a tiny portion of their wealth. Right. And because to the the rest of the world, America even at that time was wealthy. Yeah. And they, the and the space. There was so it, much space yes. compared to Britain and land, London and all that, you know. I mean, land is wealth. I mean, yeah. even today land is wealth. So, like when when you start to think, you know, like when Jesus said, "Give unto Caesar's what is Caesar's," and then when you read why we went to war. Now, there were tons of other issues. I'm not. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but what ignited the whole Revolutionary War was simply 
a shot that heard around the world was the bot was not well not the Boston Tea Party but <laughs> like the was the excise tax of tea, like uh, they were yeah that's that started it that that's what I'm saying it that was the spark that lit the kerosene <laughs> kerosene pile so there was already stuff piling on top right and they they just lit the match. I guess the, engulfed. the war then started because of the shot that heard around the world. That yeah. was what started the violence. And You're the, talking about the Boston Massacre? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes and no. The Boston Massacre was like almost a decade before oh. the seven, uh, before the Declaration of Independence because John Adams actually defended the those British officers and they got off. And I mean, there was already tension there. But yeah. then the, the tax, you know... It all stemmed from taxes, right? I mean, do even... You th- do you think... Do you think... Sorry, I talked away from my microphone. Yeah. Um, do you think... I'm s- I am see some, and I don't really want to go this way, but I have to say it. Um, do you see any correlation between what's happening in our world now and that revolution period? <laughs> is this a... Is this a opening... J- because I do. Uh, like, I just think about, like, the tension the, between two forces... I think of Black Lives Matter and the whole thing going on with the police versus the people or the so-called people or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit of me think like if you want to put into a parallel of the Revolutionary yeah, War yeah. and now, um, could we be ten, ten or fifteen years away from a revolution, or even I mean now with today's society, today's technology and everything, shorten what what took five years, ten years, two hundred years ago now right. takes like. Six months, you know. Yeah, because how long did, and how long did it take the message to get spread around of what happened to all the people? A few weeks, maybe. You yeah. know what I mean? To all the country, and now it happens instantly. Yeah. You know, so like, if the Boston massacre happened instantly, a there have been four or five people filming it on their phones. Yeah. Uh, while it happened, then it would instantly have been on the internet, which the uh, the entire world would have probably revolted against every British outpost in their local. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it would have been fire, and you know. So yeah. t- 10 years would have turned into 10 minutes, basically. Exactly. Uh, so are we on the brink of Revolutionary War, uh, mm. in a sense? <sighs> I don't know. If it w- I don't know if it would be called Revolution, I would say. I'd probably be more like Civil. Massacre. <laughs> you know, uh, it's scary when you think about it, when you look at the parallels. But see, it's only scary for... in. <sighs> Educated people. You haven't, and when I said that, you said it like you you've already thought about this because this is the first time I've really put the parallels together. Oh no, I've thought about this for for a year almost. I think like. Thanks for telling me. Sorry, I'm sorry. I th- Revolution could have broke out. I'd between been, the I'd two of sick. us, between the two of us, who's the prepper? Uh, none of us here are prepping anything for all of our listeners. We have <laughs> nothing prepared. And Who has the prepper we have spirit? No, there are no ammo or firearms here. We are a. Government sanctioned facility. We're, we're <laughs> Steven's kidding. We are a portable studio. They don't even know where we're at. Yes, so let's just keep it that way. Okay. <laughs> don't tell them we're in our bunker. Um, so um, That's why it sounds like that. Uh, yeah, right. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I just drew that. F- so anyways, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, the whole Christian thing. I was kind Paral- of going on, parallel on, a, revolution. on a mind trail. Okay. Sorry. So uh, we've kind of talked about what a Christian nation looked like in the 40s. We kind of tried to do that, and we'll uh, we'll leave out the probable causes and motivations slash agendas for why that happened. Um, and then we'll ask this question. Can we be a Christian nation if we set our hearts on it? Can it even be done? Now? Yeah, right now. If we said So, it. like, 
if we've lost it. Like, if we ever were and we've lost it, so can we retain it? Pre- President Smith gets elected, since there are no presidential candidates in line right now that would actually do this. But um, <laughs> And they say, you know what? We're going back to our Christian heritage. We're going to be a Christian nation again. Can we even recover that? Col- uh, at least, let's just say we said earlier that it was more of a culture than a, a command. And so could we ever get back to that culture where mostly people are Christian? No. Why? Um, because, and this is, I know you hate it when I assume. Oh my gosh, you know what happens when you assume? Yeah, I know. Um, and this is a little bit of the cynical part of me. But remember, um, remembering that cynicism is only a sin when you're talking about being cynical towards acts of God, not about the the world in general. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I'll let you roll with it. Okay. Well, that's how I believe, because... We'll let you have this one. Well, because... I've talked to several church leaders about cynicism, so we'll maybe we need to revisit cynicism again. But, um, boo. <laughs> the culture of our time is completely different than it was fifty years ago. See, I would even say that it's different than it was twenty years ago. See. And my assumption comes into place here is that people are no longer starting, people are starting to no longer claim that they are Christian more comfortably. 20 years ago, I was a Christian because mom was a Christian and grandpa was a Christian, right? right? So they just kind of lumped that in. And so they just had this ideal of modern decency Mm-hmm. Much like 250 years ago when our founding fathers said, well, common decency or common yeah. sense at the time dictates this. And, you know, even George Washington yeah. said it's on de- it's indecent for soldiers to act this way. But now now if you say not- you're a Christian, that means you hate gay people and exactly. you're against uh, Immigration, people coming in, being free, and you're against all these things because the media, because a lot of the media has betrayed betrayed Christians as all of these things. Yeah, because they especially attribute Christians they, with a Republican agenda. Especially because if of they G- use, especially if they use the E word in front of evangelical it. Christian. Oh, and then then you're really bad. You're you're basically that um, Baptist church if they say fundamental Christians. Yeah, which <gasps> they don't even fundamentals. Uh, yeah. First of all, learn the definition of words and then come and talk to me about <laughs> fundamentalism. And not the media definition. Not the media definition. The actual definition. Yeah. Um, you can use Google. Yeah. So so to, to answer your question, in my opinion, I don't think there is any way for America to be Christian as it quote unquote was. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's possible that there that you know We'd be a small rudder on a big ship, and um, I'm not sure the ship would be even worth turning, and I'm not sure it'd be worth putting that much stress on the rudder, and I'm I'm not sure any of that would even be desired <laughs> or well, possible, I mean, you know? So well, I mean, what's I mean, what is our purpose in life? Is our purpose in life to be a Christian nation, or is it supposed to be a kingdom, a, a kingdom um, citizen? Yeah, we're supposed to be a Christian nation, but doesn't necessarily mean a country. You that's know what, what I mean? I, that's what I meant. Was right. Like, we're supposed to be. A Christian nation, as in, like we're supposed to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. That doesn't necessarily mean that the country that we're attributed to, our citizenship, um, 
that doesn't mean that we have to be a Christian. That because if it if it does, if that means that, then that means that every Christian in, in this world is failing because there's not one government entity mm-hmm. in this world, save maybe the Vatican. <laughs> Put that in quotations. Nobody saw that. Um, that is a Christian nation, mm-hmm. right? Um, so to say that our country has to be a Christian nation, that's our goal, then we failed. Keep my mouth closed about the whole Vatican thing. <laughs> I, I said, I put it in quotations. What does that even mean? What? Quotations. Well, uh, because technically the Vatican is a country. It's it's sanctioned, not sanctioned by, but it's it's a country and it's recognized by the United Nations. It is? Yeah. As its own country? Yeah, the Pope is the the dictator. Of his country? Of the country of the Vatican. The Vatican. Which is just the building and the land it sits on? Well, it's uh, like a... 15 mile by 15 mile square right in the middle of Rome. Wow. So I, I think I'm I'm off on the 15 miles. I mean so like does, but it's a it's a pretty big chunk. Does uh It's got his own army. It's got Does his it? Own, yeah. Like so you break the law within their boundaries, you go to their jail. Yep. Their Catholic jail. Yep. Weird. Have you ever watched um No, I don't speak the movies? language. I don't know one language, remember one language. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Have you ever watched um um the movie with Tom Hanks. I can't think of it right now. Uh, um, Castaway? No, it's uh, about Sleepers the... in Seattle? No, it's about the Church of... E- or not Church of uh, England. It's about Forrest the Gump? Catholic Church. Uh, um, somebody help me out. Forrest Gump. No. Saving Private Ryan. No. Toy Story. It's recent. Uh, Terminal. Angels and Demons. Oh. Oh, uh, you're talking about uh, the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code, but then the Angels and Demons deals more with the Catholic Church. Those movies are awful. I've only seen the first one. I read the book. Anyways, um, <laughs> so that, now that we said, can we be Christian? Um, the real question, and you kind of already answered this, was should we be a Christian United States of America? Hmm. So, you know, because they always say, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something, Ryan. That's what people usually say to me, um, at least when I was growing up. Uh, in an English accent, not so much, but no, it, it sounds because we live in the middle of the Midwest. And uh, don't tell them where we live; they're in the bunkers. Act, quit it. Um, <laughs> I just said middle of Midwest. Yes, there's it's, they're narrowing it down. If you listen to any of our episodes, you know exactly where we are. We are in a bunker somewhere at some undisclosed location. So uh, in North Carolina. So should we be or Virginia uh, <laughs> or California? Should we be a Christian United States of America? Should we? Should we? Is it? Something that we should aspire towards. A little bit of me wants to say yes, we should aspire to this, but then the realist in me says, "Why?" Just and it, and it comes down to the question: because we can, should we? And the thing is, like, it doesn't actually ab- apply to us because we just kind of mentioned that we can't. We we pretty much can't. We know we can't. Um. I don't think we should because um, simply because of what the Founding Father said, that we have freedom of religion here. And so I believe there's a cool video on um, Facebook I saw, and it might have been staged, I don't know, but it had this uh, like American soldier um, buying something at like a cafeteria or something. There's a Muslim guy checking him out. It was like all set up. And so this teenager's like, are you going to really let that Muslim serve you or something like that? Or are you going to buy something from him? And like, He's a, he could be a terrorist or whatever. And so then the, the army guy gets all ticked. He's being polite at first. He's like, you just need to be quiet, man. And then all of a sudden the kid keeps agging him on. He's like, 
you need to just get out of here because you know. So, anyways, he stood up for the Muslim guy, and he's like, because he said, he said, you know what? In this country, he has as much right to wear that as I don't, you know. And so, as far as our country goes, um, I don't think we should be a Christian nation, hmm. and I don't think we should legislate morality. I, I've said that forever. Um, now, when you say legislate morality. Does that mean the abortion issue? No, because I believe that part of... That's a, basic human de- yeah, decency. I believe part of a, a nation's job is to give humans the right to live and do everything they can in their power to protect people's lives and their livelihood, right? Mm-hmm. So they can live. Because, I mean, that's just simple business. If you don't have people living in your country, you can't pay for the things your country needs. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's math and, sci- yeah. and science business. To, to springboard off that, um, this, um, our um, birth rate, or what is it called? Yeah, birth rate is actually down the lowest it's ever been in the history of um, our mortality rate, birth mor- mortality rate. Mm. It's down 0.59 or something like that. So are more people dying or being born? Uh, Being born. It's like births per thousand. It's like 59 children per thousand women or something like that. It's ridiculously low. Mm. And and, uh, the, the... um, as a lot of my uh, friends on Facebook may or may not have already unfriended me, um, it, because they'll say, because of this argument that was sent to me, they'll say it's because Roe versus Wade, but it's actually about insert um, indistinguishable <laughs> um, liberal idea here. It's, <laughs> um, that's, I mean, that's what I've been sent actually on Facebook. Um, but I would say that our not our fertility rate, but the birth rate is so low because of abortions. Could be. Yeah. Also could be because the economy is so bad that people aren't having kids because they can't afford them. Okay. But I don't know. We'll go with that one. Also an option. Or both. Could be both. I don't know. I would say that it's because of abortion. That's my opinion. Okay, that's fine. The opinions that I hold do not represent those that are of the relevant pew productions and or elephant in the pew. Anyways, I don't believe we should legislate morality, i.e. gay marriage, i.e. well, other moral things. Um, There are things, laws exist to protect life and property, so such as stealing, like yeah, it's a sin to steal. However, it's also taking someone else's property, so you're taking their freedom away from them. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, things like that still are going to be legislated. I, I, I have no problem with um, allowing homosexuals to, if they want to be union or whatever you want United. to United. Whatever. I, I have a problem with you using the term marriage. Okay. But um, as an American, I don't. I think it's their right to do whatever they want but I don't agree with it. Okay. So I don't think we should legislate morality. I do oh, think. I thought you were saying that you you said other than well, abortion I, I, and gay I marriage. I couldn't think no, I couldn't think of uh I couldn't think of another morality legislation other than um abortion and gay marriage because of the two hot buttons and I do think we should legislate abortion because it's protecting a future I agree. in the United States. But I, the gay gay marriage thing I say, you know, uh, whatever. be unioned or whatever, but I don't I don't think government should have its hand in marriage at all. Straight that, marriage or gay marriage. I mean, that's that's how I feel. <laughs> but anyway, so um that's what I'm saying. And I couldn't think of can you think of any other morality issues that we legislate? 
Um, well, drinking, that was a big one in the four, 30s, yeah, right? Obviously. It's not a big, that's not such a big topic now. Obviously, we've gone back to for being, being drunk again if you go on Facebook. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's true. And then, um, unfortunately, some Christians do as well. And, uh, what uh, about weed? I mean, that's a drugs. Um, that's some, that's. <sighs> well, why is it that weed, a natural growing plant, is illegal, but like all these chemicals and stuff we're allowed to put in our body because it's approved by the FDA? Like. Yeah, I mean, some would say that maybe we should, you know. Yeah. There's I, a lot of things that we shouldn't be funding as a government, but yet, you know. I'm neither here nor there on the weed issue. However, I do think it's kind of falls into that gray morality issue, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it boils down to do you let a, um, something consume you, right? Right. Or should God consume all of you? Right. And so that's that's the thing is like, um, as an American— I have no problem with someone smoking weed. Right. But as a Christian, I would not do it. Right. Right? But it shouldn't be the job as Christians. So I'm saying we, I don't think we should be a Christian in the United States of America. I agree. I think, um, I think my last point here is um, we need to really think about what might be the unintended consequences of either of our actions. So um, whether we make... Uh, the United States a Christian nation or whether we say no it shouldn't be a Christian nation either way there are going to be unintended consequences Mm -hmm. absolutely so so like I can think of what if we do as I'm suggesting which would be it shouldn't be a Christian nation um what would it be I mean I guess we could go so far the other way to where it's just like everything is open and everything is good and um I don't know. What what would be an unintended consequence? I can think of some unintended consequences of becoming a Christian nation, which would be like starting wars with other religions. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, um, kind of already have that civil problem. wars would break out, like little civil wars. Right. Right. Um, we would become basically like the Church of England was to the revolutionaries. And yeah. so, you know, we'd probably have like Texas or California would start their own revolution to make their own country. and yeah. Um, yeah, those are the unintended consequences of not becoming a Christian nation um, would be um, what's happening now. The disillusionment of freedom, mm-hmm. right? Uh, thinking that we have the power to discriminate against a certain religion, i.e. Christianity, um, because for so many years they have oppressed us. Um, that's ex- essentially what the liberal mindset is right now is um, if you say anything against Christianity, it's okay. But as soon as you as a Christian say, speak out against indecency, you know, mm-hmm. um, oh, you're a bigot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where that's those unintended consequences are happening right now. Right. We're seeing them happen. We're seeing them happen. We're seeing um, the persecution hot buttons starting to to appear so uh. all right that's the bell this has been a super long episode so we probably have some super long closing thoughts or maybe not i guess we'll have to find out steven you're up (laughs) all right so my um my main closing thoughts here um center around the idea that if the usa was a Christian nation, which that question can be asked by anybody, I guess. 
Um, I tend to believe that we we leaned more towards Christian beliefs. We were I don't think we ever were a Christian nation, um, but we were a nation full of Christians on the majority. If that makes sense, right? It's like the whole Christian band. That's exactly what you said. <laughs> Christian band. They're not versus... a Christian band, but they are Christians in a band. Yeah. Um, so it kind of like frees them to, it kind of freed us from, you know, singing songs that weren't Christian. <laughs> um, uh, but <laughs> sorry, I got a little off topic there, but the idea there, that I think we were a nation that was comprised of mostly Christians. And um, so um, to say that we were a Christian nation and we are no longer, I think the United States of America is a nation that was ordained by God to be created at a certain time. Um, And now our culture and society has kind of slowly over the last um, 235 years, 45 years, um, kind of... uh, geared more towards um, non-Christian viewpoints um, on the whole. Uh, as much as that saddens me and as much as, you know, my grandparents and their parents and their parents feared it would happen, mm-hmm. I'm now the generation that's watching these things unfold. Um, so um, to the question of was our were, were our founding fathers Christians, on the whole, I would say that I believe they were, um, but again, it's not for me to say whether they were or weren't. Um, and I don't want to say that it was. Be- I don't want to say that the research that I've done or um, the people that have wrote those things had agendas. I'm not saying that they did, but they might have had agendas to say that they were or weren't. And so, um, and then uh, to the last point that we made of the whole idea of should we become a Christian nation or could we take back, and I put that in quotations, (laughs) of take back our nation as a Christian nation? And no, we can't, we shouldn't. And um, as Christians, not as Americans, but as Christians, we should be okay with this. Um, Paul clearly um, states, you know, um, consider it pure joy when... You know, when these things happen, and he's specifically talking about persecution and um, troubles and um, illnesses and stuff like that. You know, he considers it pure joy to suffer for Christ, uh, just as Christ suffered for us. So, as Christians, we should be okay with our country not being wholly devoted to Christianity um, because... Um, there would be a lot of, uh, I think, washed or watered down Christianity if we tried to um, bring Christian to the masses of America, that, if that makes sense. I mean, you're already seeing a lot of watered down Christianity in media, um, you know. I don't want to say that Christianity is being like taught differently or inappropriately, um, but there are a lot of preachers that are in 
um, the limelight that are preaching certain messages such as God wants you to be happy and God wants you to be successful and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. No names, (coughs) but uh, (laughs) we all know who that is. And the idea there is so like I don't I wouldn't want as as a Christian I wouldn't want a nation to be considered Christian because then who decides what are the tenets of that belief? Right. Um, because I I would rather have you know theologians deciding that for me rather than politicians. Um. Mm. So, uh, that's those are my final thoughts. I would I would much prefer the way things are than what they could be if we were a the Christian way nation. We were. I I mean if I if I could I definitely go back to more like fifties and sixties. Yeah. I mean <laughs> that's the golden age of America, like right? Penny candy and yeah. baseball and, and uh yeah, so what we didn't have cell phones, but life was simpler. <laughs> I'm telling you. All your friends lived on the same street. You know you didn't need a cell phone. Um my wife and I have said this for years that we were born in the wrong generation. Yep. And so um maybe generations before us thought the same thing. Um, uh, but, hmm. uh, so those are my closing thoughts. You can find, that's depressing, I know. Um, but, uh, you can find me on stoneswillcry.com. You can also find me on elephantpew.com and Facebook, Stephen Winton, and then Instagram, Twitter, and I think there's a couple more, but I can't remember it, but just at, it's at stones underscore will underscore cry. All right. Thanks, Stephen. My closing thoughts on the subject are, you know, I think there needs to be a follow-up episode soon um, because we talked about is America Christian? Or then we said, should America be Christian? Um, We should say, should Christians or should the church be American? That should be a coming topic. So um, that This has actually just turned into a three-parter. Yeah, (laughs) three-parter. That's like the sequel. Um, So... Anyways, I think uh, the church in America, or the, the country of America, um, was never Christian, I would say. I agree with Stephen on that. I'm not going to repeat everything he said. I agree with a lot of what he said. Um, and I think that God did create, allow those miracles to happen in the revolution like you read about in 1776, because he desired America to be born for a specific purpose. I think that purpose was the protection of the gospel, because if you do follow history in the last 200, because we are an extraordinarily young nation. Compared to like oh, yeah. England or Israel or any of those places. I mean, when I was in Israel and I saw these buildings and they talked about how old they were, I was like, holy cow. Like, mm-hmm. America was like, didn't even have big trees yet. It was just saplings. Yeah. <laughs> we let alone buildings, you yeah. know. We freak out about 100 years. <laughs> yeah, and like, they're like 100 years. We've had like 100 of those, you know. And so uh, I think we... Um, have seen we've had a, a relatively we've had a good life and it seems like it's been we're a young nation we're already kind of deteriorating already like we're seeing a lot of the signs of before Rome fell and all these other great civilizations have fell God uses those cultures to cultivate his word um, and to protect it and to uh, get his message shown America has done some amazing things even through my denomination that I work for right now um, Christian Missionary Alliance they were the ones that first organized and um, kind of enabled missions in a way to the globally. So what's happened now is that we've sent out um, so many missionaries to all these countries in Africa and other places where they now send missionaries back to us. <laughs> you know, they're coming yeah. back to evangelize America. 
So I think the tables have turned a little bit on that, and um, we may have served our purpose as far as protecting the gospel goes, and we did a good job of it when we had the opportunity to, of getting the gospel out. Um, we might not have protected the home front as well, but that's okay. Um, nations are born and they die, just like churches are born and they die. But God's church, Christ's church, will never die. It will live forever, and that's kind of the beauty of it. So um, I don't think we should be a Christian nation necessarily. I think we should in this country, as long as we have the opportunity to, die protecting the ability to choose what religion you have here. Um, I think that's the most important part of America um, because, um, you know, the minute that we begin to start thinking that, well, Muslims shouldn't be here or Hindus shouldn't be here or any other sort of religion shouldn't be here, their beliefs might make you uncomfortable, but my prayer is that the laws of America protect our life and our properties as individuals and as families um, so that we don't have to worry about those things no matter what we believe. And I would go to war for um, a Muslim in America to have his faith, to be able to keep his faith. Um, and I would hope he'd go to war for me too so that I could continue practicing my Christian faith, even if our faiths don't agree. Um, and I would pray that he would never use his religion to cut my freedom short as far as property or life as I would hope that Christians would never do that to them. So um, that's kind of what I think America is all about. And uh, I think we need to protect uh, the ability to worship whoever or whatever somebody wants to worship. And as that might sting a little bit for some Christians hearing this. Um, mm. But I think that's, that is the highest calling of America and it always has been. Um, since the pilgrims landed here on Plymouth Rock um, and seeking um, relief from being persecuted or being able to practice the religion they wanted to. Um, we need to protect um, uh, people's rights to practice whatever faith they want to. And most importantly, because as soon as you take it away from a Muslim um, or a Hindi or um, a, a Jedi religion, whatever, there's a million out there, um, they can take it away from you. And um, that's when trouble's going to start. So that's my thought. So when we're going through these elections, when we're talking about I need to have a Christian president, just remember, I want a president who's going to protect my rights to believe what I want to believe. And I want a president who's going to enforce the Constitution the way it was written. Mm. And I, <laughs> that was a deep one. I heard that one when we were here, Stephen. <laughs> and I, I want a president who um, treats everybody fairly, no matter opposed to sex or um, color or um, age I, I want people to be treated fairly and I want Americans to to be treated like Americans and I want foreigners to be treated like foreigners you know that these are the things I really want him to do or her I want them to take care of our military so that we can defend ourselves so that we can have the freedoms that we have uh, and and reward those who have given everything to, to fight for us um, I want them to take care of the police officers that are out there every day um, fighting so that we can sleep peacefully at night as they stay awake and make sure everybody stays safe. Like These are the things that are really important to me. Um, so many times we get pulled aside on this America Christian nation issue and we get distracted from what's really important. And I just would challenge our listeners to remember what's really, really at the core important of what we do here in the United States. And I think those topics that I talked about are, are some of the really important things. And we've been really distracted from those because of 
um, the cynical side of me says because of people's agendas, people in power who have a lot to gain from a nation being split and divided. So um, that's my closing thoughts. I talked a lot, but I just want I want you guys to realize uh, that there are lots of powers at play here. Um, but the most important power at play is God. And he is a God who has not surrendered his authority and he is in control. That might not mean that we get to be here as the United States of America forever or for even very much longer as we kind of talked about tonight, but it might also mean that we are and his, him and his sovereignty gives us that ability. But ultimately we have to remember that Yahweh is God and he's in control and he's powerful and, uh, he's authority, um, his authority extends over all the earth forever. And it does promise us that one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess. So we don't need to worry about um, the future because he's got it taken care of. You can find me at uh, Ryan at new email address, Ryan at shoutwild.com. All right. I would like to thank our subscribers and listeners who chose to listen to us. We're so humbled that you decided to allow us to be a part of your day you guys are the best audience podcast could ask for this episode was brought to you by elephantpew.com don't forget to check out our elephant pew news every monday we are taking a couple weeks off due to some vacations but we are going to bring that back here in a couple weeks and then um also don't forget to rate us on the various podcasting sites yeah check us out on the different podcasting sources itunes is my favorite and you can check us out there look up elephant and pew and rate and review us there. Give us some stars. And then if you uh, rate and review and I see your name there, I will use your poem in an episode at the end there. So check us out there um, at any of them. Blueberry.com, Spreaker.com, um, iTunes. Uh, what is it? Google Play? Is Google, that, is that yeah, what, we're is on Google Play as well. Um, you can rate us on there too. That would be awesome. I, I would see that. Um, so until next week, I'm Stephen Witten. And I'm Ryan Ramsey. God bless.